0: Convergent Expression is the premier podcast for all things Convergent Catholic. On this podcast, we'll share conversations and sermons on important topics to Convergent Catholics and to our broader Christian family. This podcast is proudly produced by Solomon's Porch Phoenix with your host, Metropolitan John Gregory and Archpriest Columba. This week's podcast is a sermon delivered by Metropolitan John Gregory. On January 8th, 2023, the Feast of the Baptism of Our Lord Jesus Christ.
1: When I was a teenager, I used to babysit. And uh, one Sunday or Saturday, I was coming over to babysit. And, And they were very excited to see me and came running up to me to tell me about their day. Apparently their day had not been very good. As far as a day where a 40-year-old came up. And, uh, you know, it just hadn't gone the way that they wanted. I don't remember really what it was or what messed up their day. I just remember how animated they were as, as I listened to them tell me about this, this got awful. And when, and when they finished, I asked, Oh, well, you know, what, what did you do? And they said, "Well, I
2: just deal with it. I just deal with it. There's wisdom in what from what they said that day. I just deal with it. And I think it applies To anyone of any age,
1: whether you be four or forty or fourteen or ninety. We all have situations that, you know, you just have to deal with it. We're asked to just suck it up. And and here's what I mean by that. Have you ever had days in life when you were just caught off guard and it took you completely by surprise and you just had to wait? Has life ever given you what you never could plan for or even foresee?
2: something unexpected? Have you ever had your plans disrupted, messed up? Let's just put you in a tizzy. When have you felt more like more is being asked of you than what you had to give? Or maybe you didn't just feel up to it. You didn't feel like, I don't want to I'm tired. and a long day at work. I don't want to. What about life leaving you
1: feeling confused or just lost? I don't know what to do. I've just got one thing here and I've got another thing there and I just don't know what to do. or better, but probably happens quite frequently. Have you ever had those days where you just wanted to say, no, absolutely not,
2: not going to happen, no.
1: And the fact was that it wasn't something you wanted to deal with, it wasn't something you wanted to confront, and it wasn't something that you were even remotely interested
2: in interacting with.
1: But here you are. The situation is right there in front of your face.
0: And we all have those
1: kind of stories. Every single one of us. It doesn't matter what walk of life you come from. There's going to be a day when suddenly you're faced with something that you didn't plan for. Something you didn't study for. Something that just, ah, out of the ordinary. And you left having to deal with it. Not one of us has escaped that, and definitely not John the Baptist in today's gospel. Think think about it. Keep with me, keep with me. The the scripture said that Jesus had come from Galilee to John. And he says to John,
2: baptize. Oh my God. John is like, wait a minute, well,
1: well. Whoa, whoa. This not what I planned for. This is what I what I foresaw. I am the least and you are the greater. I must decrease while you increase. But here is Jesus mucking up his plan and says, No, John, you gotta baptize. And you see, here's John preaching that the Messiah is coming and he's gonna be like a winnowing fork. He's going to be an axe, an unquenchable fire, and then suddenly Jesus says,
2: no, no, Why?
1: I need you to baptize me. And suddenly we have John the baptizer in a situation where his world has been turned upside down.
2: He's lost.
1: He doesn't know what to do. I could just picture the panic in his face. He's been preparing for this moment to come face-to-face with the
2: Messiah. He's being asked to baptize him.
1: Because you see, Jesus is the more powerful one. And John even says, I am not worthy to carry your sandals. Jesus is supposed to increase while John decreases.
2: Everything about this very moment
1: is contrary to what John had prepared himself for. It's contrary to what John wants, what John expects, or what John believes. And we've all been there. Every single one of us, suddenly Jesus shows up, and nothing that we want, nothing that we believe, and nothing what we expected
2: is suddenly right there in front of us. So we all know what it's like. And when that happened, what did you do? What happened to you? What are we supposed to do? That's really what the sermon's about, Bishop. Stop asking what I did. Tell me what we're supposed to do.
1: What do you do when your prayer is not answered? What do you do when the budget just doesn't work out? You've been crunching the numbers and you can't figure out what to do. And suddenly your expectations are not met. What do you do when the plan just doesn't come together? I've been working on us doing this thing together and suddenly it just doesn't work out. Why does it
2: got to be so hard? And
1: what do you do when it's
2: just a hard day? What do you, do you just say no and run away? Go in your room and shut the door? retreat into your own isolation. I, I, I think that the answer should be no, that's not what we do. But that's what we do. It's exactly what we do. And you see, today's gospel, it says before us two choices.
1: There's that choice I talked about where you're isolating you, you just pull away, you resist, you forbid, and you try to prevent what's coming. Because it wasn't something I planned for. It wasn't what I expected. It wasn't what I believed. That's really tough. For Christian folk, suddenly God has told you to do something, and you're like,
2: no, no. So you resist. Well, you see, that's that's only one of the options. The other option is a little bit more difficult.
1: The other option is to let it be, which is exactly what Jesus tells John to do. Let it be.
2: I think that if we would have
1: maybe read that, The message version, maybe they would have said like what Moses said to the children of Israel when they got to the Red Sea. Shut your mouth. Let it be. But what if that's what we're we're being asked to do? What if that's what Jesus is asking us, is to let it be? It's
2: being asked
1: to consent to the Holy Ghost moving in your life. It's a consent to letting the Holy Ghost direct your life. It's a consent to let God saturate your life and take you to those unexpected places, those unplanned for situations. <clears throat> it's a consent to God. And the consent that Jesus calls us to isn't simply about giving up. It's not about acquiescing or approving
2: or even agreeing. Instead, it's about a way of life. It's about the way of life that Jesus is calling you to. Stick with me. Stick with me. Because you see,
1: this way of life that Jesus is calling to, it doesn't require you to like it. It doesn't require for you to plan for it or even want it. It does mean that we have to face it and we have to deal with it.
2: Consent to God
1: means that we show up in life and we be present to whatever is before us and whatever is coming for us and to us, even if it's difficult,
2: painful, for the very last thing that you wanted. Consent isn't being about in control or even having all the answers. it
1: means that we don't turn our back or run away from what is in front of us. We don't have, to have everything that
2: is set before us, but neither can we resist doing what is happened. You see, consent doesn't mean passively accepting whatever happened.
1: It means actively giving ourselves to those circumstances. It means actively giving over ourselves to those relationships and to those people that are before us. It's an act of risk and vulnerability.
2: It's a profession
1: of faith, hope, and love. And it means staying open and remaining receptive to whatever in that moment is being asked of us
0: in the name of God.
1: And that's how Jesus lived his life.
2: His life was a continual yes to the world and to you and to me. He lived a life of consent. He consented to bring the
1: good news to the poor. He consented to welcome the outcast, the outsider, and the foreigner. How many churches are okay with that? Well, he dresses a little funny. I don't think he belongs here. Ooh, man, did you smell so and
2: He's got a funny face. Make sure he's not on the camera. We'll come
1: back to that later. He consented to hospitality for the hungry and the thirsty. Didn't ask him to take a shower
2: first. Get cleaned up. He consented to forgiveness. He consented to raise a stinky Lazarus into the fragrance of life. He consented to
1: intimacy with Mary as she anointed his feet. He consented to compassion and healing for the blind, the deaf.
2: He consented to abundance
1: when the wine ran out. He consented to be a servant and wash the dirty feet of his.
2: He consented to peace and nonviolence in a world of swords and shields. And fists. He consented to speak truth to power.
1: He consented to struggle with God and himself in the garden of Gethsemane. He consented to have courage and perseverance as he took up and carried his cross.
2: He consented to reconcile with Peter after being tied by him three times. He consented to humility when soldiers mocked and beat him. And he consented to life in the very face of death. Jesus never turned
1: away, back down, or withheld his consent to God. Instead, he was present. He showed up to whoever and whatever was before him every time the Spirit led it into his life.
2: And he asked us to
1: stand with him in the river of humanity and face those things together. Just like John. He came down into the river with John.
2: And that's how I want to lead And that's how
1: I want the continual yes in the world to others. I want that continual yes to flow from me. I want it to flow from you and to those watching online. It can be done. It's done every day. In the Catholic tradition, we have a myriad of saints who said yes.
2: Who were present in the moment? Our beloved mother. Yes. The first Christian, the first person in the Bible
1: to be filled with the Holy Ghost, said yes. And millions and billions of people look to her as an inspiration, and yet they
2: can't say yes. See, I want to say, when I look back at my life, just like Hannah I deal with it. I sucked
1: it up. I said, yes, Lord, I I agree. I consent to allow you to move in my life in the most unexpected, unplanned for ways. Trust me, when I was a 14-year-old boy at the altar and and felt the calling of God. I never pictured that I would be a bishop in a Catholic church. That wasn't on the agenda.
2: That wasn't even in the same book. It was something that was unfathomable, unconceivable.
1: And still, yet, when I went to college and I was on that day, the, the plane struck the the towers, and God renewed a call in my spirit. I was there. I never planned to leave Bible college. Well, unless uh, until I got a degree. But I never planned to leave that year. But then God showed up and did something. He allowed things to fall into place that year where I was faced with having to be present and say yes. To something that I had not been honest enough in my life to even honor.
2: That was tough. I blamed God. I blamed God because I wasn't able to say yes in that moment. We have to figure out why
1: life goes sideways. And then we look back and say, well, did you say yes? Did you consent? When Jesus showed up in your
2: life? Or like the young rich ruler, did you? I can't do that anymore. See, I want to be like John the
1: Baptist, who says, Yes, Lord. I want to be like the thin Ghost who said, Let it be done unto me as by your
2: will. See, we're not like those who do not have a hope.
1: We have a hope. We have a hope for eternal life, and that hope allows us to look to those who have gone before us and to learn from them.
2: That's what the saints are for.
1: That's what they do. These halos aren't because they are holy in their own right. That's the glory of God showing through them. Because they said yes,
2: and I want my life. When I look, I want to
1: be able to say I said yes. But, but what does that look like for you? What does that mean for you to give consent to God in your life today? What does it mean? It's, sometimes it means you're going to have to give something up, and that ain't easy.
2: Sometimes it's your plan. Sometimes it's the people. But we have to be able to show up and say yes.
1: And you have to figure out what that means. It might be a yes in your marriage or in parenting. It may be a yes at work. It may be a a yes for caring for another person, speaking out, acting for justice, or just being aggressive.
2: It could be working on your recovery. It could be healing a relationship. Or setting out on a new direction in life. See, the opportunities to say yes, the opportunities
1: to consent, they come to us every day. And maybe you've been asked to consent to love, forgiveness, peace, compassion,
2: welcome, courage, hope, even beauty. But what is being asked of you today? Every
1: time we consent, we wade into the deep waters. And we stand with Jesus in the river of our humanity and together fulfill all righteousness. Because nothing gets left undone and nothing
2: gets left out. Let it be. Amen.
0: This has been Convergent Expression a podcast brought to you by Solomon's Porch Phoenix and the Convergent Catholic Communion. Find out more about the Convergent Catholic Communion at www.convergentcatholics.com.